Thomas? Michael. How, my friend, are you today? Let me check. <laughs> You're checking? You're still checking? Amazing. Amazing. I could have told you that by just looking at you. I am your senior vice president of amazing. <laughs> then what's that make me? Lieutenant in charge of fun. I'm a lieutenant. I knew it, Mom. One day I'd be lieutenant. Uh, yeah. So we're going to have some fun today? Come on, man. All right. Now, look. Think of yourself as a 27-year-old woman. You've got a small kid. You know, I often do. <laughs> I know that. That's why. And you've got a husband. Then one day, your life is put in shambles. You discover your husband's having an affair. Terrible, right? He's the senior vice president of yeah. Schmuck. <laughs> so this is very terrible news, but what could make it more terrible? Who could that husband be having an affair with that would completely destroy and rock your world? Somebody she's related to? Yes. Her mother? Her mother! Ding, no, ding, ding, say ding. it ain't so. The woman isn't sure how the affair started, where it took place, but it's left her heartbroken because she was very close to her mother. She confronted the two, and they both didn't deny it, but they each blamed the other one. And everybody found this out in public because she went on a group therapy segment on an Australian radio show, The Kyle and Jackie O Show. You've heard of that, haven't you? The Kyle and Jackie O Show? Yeah. From way down under? Way down under, baby. Okay. Now, look, I can't imagine something like this happening, and you just, how could you recover from something like this? I don't think you can, but whatever happened to the son-in-law hating the mother-in-law? Whatever happened to that whole thing? <laughs> you know, in a way, this is what you get when you ask your mom to help around the house, right? <laughs> you a little too much help. <laughs> help me with my sex, please. You know, some might say you can't blame the man. We're wired to accept sex whenever it's offered. Isn't it true? Not from the mother-in-law. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. This family's a natural for family feud. Steve Harvey. Hello. Are you listening? The wife is looking back now, questioning things. She got suspicious, I think, early on when the husband got the mother-in-law a birthday gift. You know what it was? Victoria's Secret panties. Always a dead giveaway. Always a big hit with the in-laws. How was the relationship with your mother-in-law? Not that close. <laughs> I can tell you that. Can I tell right, you? Let's don't go there, okay? Can I tell you a quick story about my mother-in-law? Okay. She's no longer with us. She passed. When I was a young man trying to make it in the world, not making much money. I still wanted to go out and meet the ladies on the weekends, but I couldn't really afford to go out because I didn't have any money to pay the rent and everything. So what I did, I'd get airline bottles that I had or a flask. I'd go to the bar, I'd order a mixed drink, I'd drink a drink, and then I'd go down in my pants, pull it out, go underneath the bar, and then I'd refill it. And that way I could nurse it and I could stay in oh, the bar. Oh, you're so cheap. You didn't go down in your pants. You <laughs> went down in your, come no, on, fanny pack. That's back in the fanny pack days. I know you. So fast forward many years. I'm meeting my future mother-in-law for the first time. We go out to dinner. That's how you bonded. She did the same thing. I. She had a drink. About a half hour later, I look. At her, she goes into her purse, pulls out a Jack Daniels airline bottle, fills it up. I looked at her. I smiled. I said... I love you. Oh, and you didn't mean that in any kind of. Although no. you had a, although you did have a couple of drinks. So. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, you're such a whack job. Tom and Mike. Now listen to this. There's a family in Australia in some town called Bendigo, Australia. Bendigo. B e n d i g o. You pronounce it. Bendigo. There you go. So out there, they're walking their dog named Lucky. Okay. Okay. The the daughter's. What's, actually, what's the name of the Start over. 
I'm I'm totally confused. Just just from the top on this story because uh, maybe uh, maybe I'm a little thick here, but I'm not totally getting it. Go okay. ahead. A family in Australia in a little town called Bendigo, B-E-N-D-I-G-O, are out walking their dog. The whole family's walking the dog. Actually, the daughter has the dog by the leash, and they're walking. Okay. All of a sudden, the dog stops, starts pawing at the ground. The family looks down. Voila! A gold nugget with an estimated value of at least $35,000. So is the entire town of Bendingo <laughs> turned on by the thought of gold being in them there hills? I don't know. I guess in that scenario, you could say Bendingo Unchained. That's right. So did your dog ever bring home anything other than chicken bones or something like that? It would be nice if the dog brought something actually valuable home, but unfortunately, no. No, like no dog. gold nuggets. Although the gold nuggets that we got, they They're were not- more like dark brown. Tom and Mike. There's a kid in Canada who became the world's first unknown sex person. His gender is unknown. Listen to this. His father was a mother about a year ago. She gave birth to the kid by herself, no husband. And in the year the kid's been on the planet, she's transitioned from a woman to a man. He named the boy, very confusing, Cyril, if that helps you. The father whose identity is either male or female is called a non-binary trans parent. Sounds like a reality show. Think this kid has therapy in his future? Possibly. (laughs) No, definitely. (laughs) Mom has a beard. Boy, that's a little heavy to take, isn't it? A little heavy, and does mom shave her back? These PETA vegetarians are getting out of hand, aren't they? They are. Do you ever fill out these application forms sometimes and they ask you for the sex? It's been a long time since I applied for something, but yeah, I know what you're talking about, okay? Well, yeah, they go to the doctor's office and stuff. Right, okay. When they say sex, I usually write, yes, please. Is that wrong? Hello? Look, I have a simple rule. If the baby has a willy, it's a boy. If it doesn't, it's a girl, right? Yeah, that's a pretty reliable rule, I would say, yeah. Uh, For thousands of years, we just had two genders. Now we have three, male, female, and delusional. Delusional? Well, I don't know. I mean, I say to each his own, I have no problem with somebody being trans or what that, but think of the kid. I mean, don't you think the kid's going to grow up a little bit confused? Who knows? We don't know. All we know is, hey, what goes on in a person's family, whatever they call that to be, then, you know, nobody gave me a guidebook on how to be a parent, so... Hopefully I did okay. Right, but you were coming from a pretty good, stable yeah, place. Yeah, but this is your idea of, quote, normal. Yeah. See, sometimes I think I'm more liberal than you are, and I'm the conservative one, but whatever. No, I just wonder sometimes if the kid has a good foundation when he's, he's being raised by someone who used to be a woman who's now a man, and there's no other spouse in the picture. I don't know. You're right. You're right. You usually are. Who am I to judge? Right. Here's something you can judge all you want. Because, you know, we personally think, and we're a little biased, that it's pretty funny. (laughs) And what are we talking about? Our daily podcast. Right, Mike? What's this world coming to? Dot com. Tom and Mike. The other day, there was a Southwest Airlines flight that was going from Sacramento to L.A. A man got kicked off the plane after he jokingly asked if the water being handed out by the flight attendant could be vodka. Here's what happened. There was a mechanical problem as they sat on the tarmac for over two and a half hours. After about two and a half hours, the flight attendant started passing out water to all the passengers. The man innocently said something like, hey, they should be passing out vodka because we've been waiting such a long time. The flight attendant said, I didn't like your joke. 
That's when the guy's wife jumped in and said, look, we've been on this plane for hours. And the flight attendant said, well, so have I, so get used to it. Next thing you know, they look up and the flight attendant's on the telephone. Within a few minutes, Sacramento sheriff deputies are on the plane and asking the man to leave. People were all yelling, saying he didn't do anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. No charges were eventually filed. But what do you think about that? I'd just be happy I got off the damn plane. <laughs> right. These flight attendants, boy, you know, sometimes they're little tyrants with pretzel bags, aren't they? Little tyrants with pretzel bags. Now, I didn't know this, but I read that if you're a flight attendant and you're not in the air, you don't get paid. For that two and a half hours on the tarmac, they're not getting paid. They only get paid while they're flying. So maybe that's what got our goat, huh? So what are those snacks you're carrying there? Those must be some chips on your shoulder. This is why I only fly Russian Airlines. Vodka all over the place. Okay. Do you like your vodka? And I like my Russian girls. Do you really? (laughs) Could you call like a brief, almost like one night stand? This is before I was married. Oh, let's let's clear that up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got to clear that up. Anyway, got to clean that one up. I had a date, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was a date. And it was a Russian girl. Boy. Could she kiss? Oh, really? Man. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that has anything to do with her being Russian, but <laughs> she was Russian in more ways than one. <laughs> Let me tell you. But then why just one date? Well, that's kind of the problem right there when I say she was Russian and more, I mean, like she was really Hardcore quick, Russian? fast, like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, slow down, girlfriend. Had a picture of Stalin tattooed on her chest? <laughs> no, but... You know, sometimes women just go a little too fast, and it scares the guy, right? Right. That's what happened to me. I was I was a scared little boy down there in North Carolina. <laughs> boy, it's amazing you found a Russian in North Carolina. How'd she get there? They're spread out. They're all over the place now. Yes, they, they even are. sometimes speak with Southern accents, so you don't know. Tom and Mike. Now, have you uh, heard about this novelty ingredient that people are using in all their consumer products, charcoal? Oh, to brush your teeth? Well... For everything, they say that charcoal, it cleans out your toxins, it wards off infections, and it just makes you healthier. But charcoal is also being put in toothpaste now, and now the British Dental Journal has come out and say it's entirely bunk, and it's too abrasive for teeth, it wears away to protect enamel, and they say you shouldn't brush your teeth with charcoal. You know, I knew it was bunk because, you know what Joe Biden said? What's that? A bunch of hooey. Hooey, baby. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but... (laughs) I don't think it's good, do you? No. I always say, if you can't burn it, we can't brush with it, right? And what the hell are you supposed to do with all this coal we have left over anyway now that we're not using it? So if you're brushing with charcoal, your teeth could look even worse than those people in England? (laughs) You know, people in England, I don't know why they do have bad teeth. Maybe it's all the tea they drink. But I was one time in a department store checkout line, and the woman in front of me had bad teeth. She smiled. And the checkout guy, the barcoder scanner, picked up as a set of saucepans because she had so much metal in there. How about that? No. I tried charcoal toothpaste once. Turns out it's best to let it cool first. Remember that. Oh, yeah. Those hot coals aren't good for your mouth. Future reference. I have to go to the dentist tomorrow, by the way. Yeah? I'm not looking forward to it. I never like going you to You know, dentist. if you really want to piss your dentist off, why don't you brush with some charcoal right before you get there? <laughs> Last time I was at the dentist, he said I needed a crown. I was like, I know, right? Yeah, of course, because you're so amazing. (laughs) That's right. Tom and Mike. Do you remember a few days ago or a week ago, we did that story about dreams? Yes. Well, you're going to love this because right now, 
a group of dream researchers. They're calling it the dream team of dream researchers are out there in California working with some studio executives and they're trying to capture your dreams like a movie. It's something that sleep scientists have been working on for years. And one of the scientists says this is like the early years of space race, but in this case, we're going for the dream race. Now here's the plan. I don't know. Can you have any idea how they can do this? I guess a lot of wires you're hooked up to. And how, how much are you going to dream? How much are you going to sleep? You know, I did one of those sleep studies at the Cleveland Clinic. Right. And I don't know, man. It's really hard to sleep when you've got, like, all these wires coming out of you. You can't move. It's alive. So good luck with those dreams. Well, their plan is to use mobile MRIs to try and record the movement, speech, and images from the dreams of the subjects. And, you know, recording movement is one thing, but transmitting and recording images from a person's sleeping subconscious is a little bit difficult to do. And they say it might take another 10 years. You know, some of these scientists that are working on things that, to me, in my mind, just seem totally impossible. How could you possibly get inside of a person's brain to the point where you can tell what they're dreaming? That just seems like an impossibility. Or how could you possibly colonize Mars? Am I just not thinking big enough? I guess. But, I mean, the other day we did a story about they had a 3D artificial heart. I mean, that's mind-boggling in itself. Yeah, but I can kind of see something like that. I mean, that's within the realm of possibility. I mean, you know, scientists are actually working on crazy things like time travel, you know, an actual time machine. Why can't they just cure the common cold? Wouldn't that be helpful? Or cancer. Yeah. Why don't we start with that one? Well, let's start the common cold, which you had a couple of weeks ago and kept with you. Let's let's do something simple, right? Yeah, I think as as far as we are, the advancement of technology and medicine and that kind of thing, you start thinking about some of the things that are killing us. And yeah, and so you're out there working on studying dreams and getting into a time machine, going back to 1954. Hello, George let's, McFly. Well, let's hope they dream in color. Nothing like watching a dream in black and white, right? Yeah. What, what is the latest 4K? Yeah. And try and imagine trying to follow the storylines of people's dreams. I mean, they're kind of weird and convoluted. I don't know how they're going to make people be interested in something like that. It, and it's going to be a movie. Yeah. Huh. And if it were our dream movie, it could very well be the scariest movie ever. Tom and Mike.